Trying to save your souls from damnation So if you down with the message Tune in every week It will lead you to the message that you seek Uh Shout out to everybody who's been watching. Shout out to everybody who's been supporting us thus far, so far. This is The Real Word, Season 8, Episode 19. Shout out to everybody that watched our last episode. We did crazy numbers all together. We had over 200,000 views on last week's episode. So shout out to everybody that watched. Shout out to everybody that supported. Also, shout out to everybody that's been donating to The Real Word Ministries. That's www.therealwordministriesinc.org. That's the Real World Ministries Inc.org. We're an official 501c3 non for profit. You know, our next big event will be the Turkey Drive. We did 200 turkeys last year. So if you're trying to donate. Favorite one. Yep. <laughs> so if you're trying to donate, um, you can donate to our Cash App. That's dollar sign The Real Word Inc. That's dollar sign The Real Word Inc. Or also go on PayPal Giving Fund and type in. Um, the Real Word Ministries Inc. Or just go on our official website or just Google The Real Word Ministries Inc. You'll see our logo and you can donate there. So shout out to y'all. I'm here with my partner. Introduce yourself. It's your man, Camille Hall. Living life, you know, in Brooklyn. Trying to keep it real for y'all, you know. Brooklyn, we kind of loose. So last episode, we got loose with that guy, you know. <laughs> we just chatted it up. So make sure you help us with the turkey drive this year, man. Man, 200, we gotta go to 300, man. We got, you know, there's more feet, more babies now because of the you know, pandemic. <laughs> so definitely help us out with that. Um, we're here with a special guest today. Oh, he's on the screen. I'm looking at the. <laughs> yeah, man, introduce yourself, sir. Hi, I'm Jerry. I am a conflict resolution coach for Asian leaders. Okay, okay. And tell us where you from and what exactly that is that you do. Yeah, uh, I am based in Houston, Texas, and I basically help uh, Asian leaders uh, navigate difficult conversations they have to have, whether it's with their bosses or direct reports or parents or family, uh, or even to someone that they just want to engage in a, in a, in a sensitive topic on that they would normally shy away from. Mm. That's a good field. I got we 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 got some communication issues in our culture. <laughs> so so let's dive deep into this because you know um, we grew up in predominantly African American communities and majority of the time we don't really have much interactions with Asian people on, unless it's either in school or that um, merchants as in like they either selling us something yeah. or buying something from them. Um, not oftentimes that that they live amongst us. 
Only like two that. we can say. Um, our good friend Simon, we grew up, well, personally, I, we grew up with him. Yeah, yeah, you know, from junior high to high school. And, and then, Andy, yeah. I've known him since elementary up until now. And honestly, only Andy really hangs out with us still, I'll say. I'm yeah. But I would say that there's always been the conflict between Asians and African Americans. Where you and I, we both lived in a neighborhood where there's predominantly Asians and whites, and you were just talking about the way that they would um, react to you some sometimes. They wouldn't want to connect in a sense, you know. That I would say that friendly human connection, you know, eye to eye, say hi, you know. I I will get I get this feeling of fear, like they have a fear for me, mm. and I'm honestly. For my lifestyle, I grew up in New York, you know, running these streets as a kid, kind of just thinking everybody was one, you know, not really trying to divide nobody. Even when, you know, on the block there was Haitians versus Jamaicans, I tried to just stay out of it. <laughs> I like Haitians and I like Jamaicans. I, <laughs> he told him I used Jamaican for a long time. And <laughs> okay, we found out. <laughs> Yeah, and then they was like, so what side you going to pick, Craig? <laughs> the Jamaicans? I'm like, what y'all talking about? What y'all fighting about ain't even, you know, about culture. Like, <laughs> but yeah, so, so. So, Jerry, from your point of view, like, how did your community view our community? Um. I mean, I think it depends who you talk to, right? I mean, no, we talk to it's you. A very nuanced, talk to you. It's, it's, a, it's a very nuanced question because yeah. if you grew, depending on the environment you grew up in, right? Like if you grew up in a multicultural city yeah. like New York or Houston, you probably used to be used to a certain kind of demographic, right? Especially depending on if you were higher or lower income, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, you know, my my parents were kind enough to, you know try to live in a place in the suburbs when I grew up in uh, Milwaukee, actually. And, you know, um, from, from where we lived, I, we didn't, I didn't see a lot of racial tension, uh, aside from just whatever, whatever, you know, uh, disparaging remarks some white kids wanted to make to me about trying to speak Mandarin. And that was always pleasant. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I know what kind of prejudices and, and, uh, you know, that my parents kind of ingrained in me or that I saw from them because, you know, my mom met well when she would tell me, Jerry, you know, just don't, don't date a black girl. It's just not worth the headache. Right? <laughs> How do you know? do feel about that? And that's, that's, I mean, I was just like, okay, mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, there's. It's only when you get older where race really starts to. Even, it's not really become something, it's, it's just something you got to be more mindful of, I guess, when you get older, not mm-hmm. really when you're yeah. young. Like, yeah. so I didn't think about this. Simon being Asian until more so after high school, and it was kind of like, mm-hmm. I was thinking more like, you know, I felt like he started going to his culture, you know. Yeah, because that's when we started going to nightclubs, and he yeah. wouldn't really fit. Yeah, he wasn't trying to, he, that wasn't his vibe, that wasn't his, you know. It was <laughs> his culture. Yeah. So tell us about like how you grew up. You say you grew up in Milwaukee, right? How was that? Was it was it a small town, big town? Yeah, we grew up in a, in a smaller offshoot of Milwaukee, um, and yeah, I mean it was it was a relatively normal uh, childhood, thankfully. Um, you know, predominantly white, 
I didn't have a lot of Asian friends growing up. And then um, when my when I finished fifth grade, my dad's job took us down to Knoxville, Tennessee. And, you know, more of the same where I was just kind of in this minority. And, uh, you know, Southern culture has a certain, um, you know, uh, their social norms are a little different where people are, are friendly or more polite, even yeah. if they're not really that interested in, in getting to know you. You haven't yeah. been to New yeah. York? Sorry, what? You haven't been to New York? Yeah, I've been in New York. Actually, I uh, went uh, to a Yankees game uh, in the old stadium before they shut it down back in 2008. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was of fun. Yeah. But judging but from what you say, it almost seems like you was the minority a lot of times growing up, and it was majority whites, and at times they picked mm -hmm. on you for being Asian. Mm -hmm. So yeah. walk us through that. Like, what were some things that would happen? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, not to make him relive his past, man. You got. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I, like a couple moments come to mind. I remember when one time, uh, in second grade, uh, there was another Taiwanese um, student that moved to the school, and we spoke to each other in Mandarin. And I remember all of a sudden, like my art teacher just started fussing at me. <laughs> for not using English because if we spoke in Mandarin, she couldn't understand what we were saying. Yeah, she was like, "What are you talking you know, about?" That was that was very strange to me. Mm -hmm. um, another time, yeah, just other white kids that were slightly in higher in elementary school would try to talk to me slower, as if somehow I didn't understand English. It's oh. like, okay, well, you know, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tennessee had some tough moments. The one that I usually share with people is when. Uh, I was a, a freshman, and after school, me and some friends were, were kicking around the hacky sack because that was just something we did at the time. And a lot of teachers didn't like that just because of the noise. And so during classes if, or between classes, if people would play hacky sack, they would confiscate them. Mm -hmm. But after school, it shouldn't have been a problem. But at one point, two older white teachers you know, approach our hacky circle you know, as if they were going to confiscate our, our toy. And... Um, <laughs> You know, we tried to make the point that we said, well, look, this is after school. It shouldn't matter. Like, what's, what's the issue? Anybody. And so, well, here's the funny thing is that I happen to be wearing a shirt um, with some artwork of two sumo wrestlers who were sparring. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, if you're familiar with sumo wrestling garb, it's, it's not a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one of them kind of tugs at my shirt and shows it to the others. She goes, can you believe you would wear something like this to school? <laughs> and I said, what's the problem? It's an ancient Japanese tradition. And the other one says, well, turn your Japanese tradition inside out. <laughs> wow. And they both walk off. Wow. And I'm just like, what do I do with this, right? Wait, what was that? <laughs> but you speak Mandarin, so you're Chinese, not Japanese, are you? Yeah, I mean, I can wear Japanese shirts, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. But, and, but to them, I, it, it wouldn't have mattered if I was Japanese or Chinese. It was just a racist thing, though. It was just a... Yeah, yeah. it was just something, you know, they yeah. leveraged their position, and I had no say in it. And, you know, yeah, I, what do you do with that, right? Hmm. I wanted to ask about the, how you help... Well, I don't know if we want to talk about that yet, but how you... um talk to each other about um, handling issues, conflicts. Like, is there like a step-by-step, -step, you know? Yeah, like tell us, walk us through like the problems within the Asian communities because you're saying you're helping them to resolve conflicts. So what type of conflicts do the Asian community deal with that we would be unaware of? Yeah. 
I mean, I think the main, so there's, I think there's two conflicts that come about. One is defining success, what it means to be successful. And what I mean by that is that, you know, I'll take my parents as an example, right? They come over here and they're said, hey, the quickest way to success is to learn a profitable, credible skill set like medicine or engineering or accounting and, you know, money, right? You need money and you need credibility. So, you know, this is how you do this and bank away money successfully and aggressively and, you know, get married, have kids and, you know, one day you'll finally have the autonomy to do what you want. My plan is what they... That's the American dream. Yeah, right. The Asian American dream. And, you know, you have people, right, that say, you know, I don't want to be an accountant. I don't want to go to med school. I don't want to... Just because I'm good at engineering doesn't mean I want to be an engineer the rest of my life, right? But they're hung up on the success being this is what, this is their belief system and it should not change. Right. So, so that's that's one of them. Uh, the other is just the fact that much to, much as you know, right? Even if everyone's the same color, like you would find some way to like to divide up the group and find some like way of, of kind of creating your own hierarchy. Right? They, they like, whether it's height it. or eye color or you know number of teeth, right? Like, like wow. people just have this natural inclination to find some ways to prove that they are superior in some way. You're right. So, we had light skin and dark skin. So. <laughs> yeah, colorism, right? That's all. Yeah. Right? And, and so this is the other thing you have to fight because you have a lot of people, right, who, uh, you know, they remember the history, right? Like, people don't want to talk about the rape of Nanking. People don't want to talk about, you know, the, the Japanese imperialism. People don't want to talk about, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, just these moments, really, really ugly moments with you know Asian history, all these battles between all these you know, within Asian countries, right? Mm-hmm. Like I remember there was one moment I was doing summer school actually, and my white physics professor who had uh, married a Korean woman talked about was very knowledgeable about just the tensions within you know between Asian cultures, and he talked about how you know when um, Seoul right hosted the Olympics back in like 1988. Uh, the guy who was carrying the, the Korean flag went up there and was like, I am so happy to be, you know, representing Korea right now and to be able to speak my own language as I'm representing my own country. Mm-hmm. And all the Japanese people are like, ah, yeah, yeah about that. Right? <laughs> because, yeah, I, I didn't realize the extent of, you know, the oppression until I realized uh, that my grandfather's both knew German and Japanese. And I remember thinking, why do they know German and Japanese? And it's because they grew up in Taiwan during World War II, Mm. right? And then you start to put two and two together and you're like, oh, right. And this is the history that a lot of people can't let go of, right? Mm. So this is another tension that I've noticed, right? Mm. Uh, Even as we realize, hey, we gotta put that aside, right? Uh, minorities have to stick together. We shouldn't be beating each other up while, you know, other people are just you know, letting us kind of sink our own ships. But mm-hmm. this is exactly what happened. So, recently Kanye West is a rapper. I, I was about to ask about that. Have you heard of Kanye West? Uh, a couple times, yeah. Once oh. or twice. Oh, okay. we, got a, we got a story for you today. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 
Okay, so they he came out with a White Lives Matter T-shirt, right? And then for yeah, a while, that's and, right, he did. Yeah, and for a while they had a Black Lives Matter T-shirt, and then they, then he made the White Lives Matter T-shirt, and then in between that there was Asian hate going on up until the point where they passed the law in New York. Well, no, it was a federal law. It's a federal law. Yeah. Yeah, but, federal um, law. It's a crime. Yeah, federal law. Mm-hmm. For the Asians, because they said at one point people were targeting and attacking Asians. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I have a hard stop at the top of the hour. Okay, okay, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a heads up. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, no. Just let us know when you gotta go. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Damn, I lost my So, uh, we're talking. What, what, did you, what did you want to ask? Sorry about interrupting that. No, 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 it's yeah, cool. You said. Yeah. Yeah, white lives matter. And the Asian hate. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel or have you experienced or witnessed any Asian hate crime from where you grew up at? I mean, thankfully for me, I'll put it this way. Um, During the hate crime spree that seemed to be happening, like the spas in Atlanta and things like that, thankfully where I was in Houston, I did not experience anything like that. Mm -hmm. With that said, that doesn't mean it's a safe environment. And I'll give two examples as to why. The first is one that I experienced while I was um, basically babysitting a pharmacy uh, that my company had acquired and they needed me. It wasn't a good area of Houston. And they just needed me to kind of just hold, hold it, you know, kind of keep it going until they were able to relocate it. And the problem is that the previous owner um, had, uh, the only way he kept his bills, you know, being paid was that he was dipping into crooked scripts, basically. And so the clients felt like he was attracted to his pharmacy in order to kind of get by, um, you know, weren't exactly the most reputable people. Right, they were wanting to move street drugs, things like that, like Narco, Soma, Xanax, Prometh with Codeine, for those of you who know what they're talking about. Um, Purple (laughs) Drank is one of the street names on that. I always thought that was funny. Anyway, uh, so yeah, basically what happened was, yeah, this one, you know, black guy comes in at one point asking for Prometh with Codeine, and I told him we didn't have any. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't, but you know, he didn't like my answer, and so right as he walks out, he goes, Wah, <laughs> <laughs> I just started laughing because I was just like, ah, that was crap, but I don't feel like it's sad. So that is crazy. <laughs> okay, the other is an incident that actually happened um, during the hate crime. So I went to this multicultural networking event. Uh, in Houston, this is, you know, right as we're kind of trying to move past the pandemic, but not really. Mm-hmm. And so I meet this older white gentleman there named Tom. And so Tom's a nice guy. And, you know, he's asking me, he's like, hey, man, you know, these Asian hate crimes are going on. It's like, have you dealt with anything? Is this really not big a deal? Like, are you getting hurt? And I said, okay, well, you know, is he simply implying that the media is just sensitive? sensationalizing these things for ratings mm-hmm. or is he really concerned for my safety, right? Mm-hmm. And so I could, you know, I decided to give him the benefit of the doubt and at the same time I also needed to kind of see where this was going. And so I said, Tom, may I tell you, uh, may I tell you a story? May I share it with you? He goes, yeah, yeah, sure. And, says, and so I told him, I said, did you know that Houston's Chinatown is built on discrimination? And he goes, well, what do you mean by that? I said, well, at one point, 
the city officials felt like the immigrants were a threat to the the hierarchy and stability that they thought had for had you know established for themselves and so they sequestered all the asians in the city into the southwest part of the city then they drew up their district in such a way where they couldn't even concentrate all the people to have a vote mm-hmm. so that doesn't sound very good and i said you're right it's not so have i dealt with any physical violence or disparaging remarks during this hate crime spree, you know, inspired by the administration. I said, no, and I'm thankful, right? I'm thankful I haven't sustained any violence. And there is a bigger system of discrimination that is in place, and it is not okay just because people aren't getting hurt. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hmm. And I said, well, you know, look, I'm not here to embarrass anybody. No response at all. Put anyone on the spot. I just thought it was an opportunity to to show you something that you may not be familiar with. Mm -hmm. And that's really it, right? And that's kind of ties back to what I do now is to help, you know, minorities find their voice and realize, hey, you know what? I don't know if I like what's being said. And rather than just play it off, I'm thinking I'm just going to investigate just a little. And that's assuming, right? I'm not saying you have to pick every battle, right? Like if you're going to get shot or stabbed, like don't don't pick the fight. Right? Yeah. That's not a hill you want to die on. Like no one should lose their lives in this case. And at the same time. If we're going to fight for a world where everyone can be seen, heard, and respected, then this is the first step to, you know, maybe having some more constructive dialogue, right? Because I've already confessed my prejudices, right? I can tell you other terrible stories that have dealt with that have colored, literally colored my view of other races. And, (laughs) you know, at the same time, right, in me trying to open my hands and show, hey, look, I'm human too. I have an ugly side. I have my flaws. Hey. Are you willing to, you know, put yours on the table so we can find some middle ground so we can actually maybe get along and show each other mutual respect? Maybe that's possible. Maybe you don't want to, but hopefully it's still possible. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's just a full circle discussion of everything we're talking about. Right? All right, all right. We yeah. thank you a lot, Jerry. Um, Yogi's also here in the room with us. Yogi, you there? I thought he was muted. Yes, oh, I am. Yes, yeah. Hey, Yogi. <laughs> so tell us about yourself, Yogi, because you just jumped into the conversation. Tell the people about yourself, Yogi. And once again, welcome to the Real World. Shout out to you, Yogi. It's a pleasure to have you here with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. It was very last minute. I'm glad I managed to get on and, and meet you all. And I just want to say that, Jerry, I just find your conversation so fascinating and um i think it's just really awesome that you guys are just so open about talking about this and um that's why it's called the real word (laughs) (laughs) you gotta come on and be real baby go ask the tough questions well that's pretty cool um i'm a yoga teacher and i uh have a yoga retreat center in Costa Rica. I used to own a yoga um, studio in New York City. Um, and I'm from Canada, but as I said, I live in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And one of my big things right now is two things. One, a big part of my uh, yoga teachings is centered around helping people to manifest and live their life purpose. Um, so that's more the spiritual, mental part than the physical part is um, focusing on helping people to become pain-free. And I'm actually launching a book this week titled... That sounds magical. Stop Stop Stretching. (laughs) You said stop stretching? 
Stop stretching a new yogic approach to master your body and live pain-free. Mm. So part of my big yeah. is to start flipping the script on yoga and stretching and flexibility because uh, somehow high, um, stretching and flexibility has hijacked the yoga world and absorbed the conversation so that when you ask people, you know, what do you think of when you think of yoga? Pretty much nine times out of ten, even more than that, people will respond with, oh, it's about stretching and flexibility, and I can't touch my toes, and when I try to, I'm in pain. So this literally I'm not sounds like what I was saying. You've just taken the words out of my mouth. That's what I would have said. <laughs> if the Zoom cuts off, it's going to cut off in nine minutes. We're going to reset and come back in the same room, okay? Because okay. like that same room. Yeah. So... We're looking at this from a broader point of view, right? Because as as crazy as it may sound in regular life, the four of us will not be having this conversation. Yeah, without... As in, like, Zoom makes this possible. The podcaster website makes it possible. But on an average day life, we usually don't have this conversation. Like we were speaking earlier, growing up, we only had two Asian friends, mm -hmm. right? And... Unfortunately, I, I can say personally, I didn't start meeting white people till after college, ironically, yeah. besides school teachers. Yeah. So why do you guys think that having these conversations, just having a diverse conversation like this is so hard? And it wasn't up until technology that we were able to have these conversations with people all around the world. Yo, give me all that too, though. Year, because I gotta hop off. But uh, yeah, not to put all the pressure on you, but enjoy it, man. Be in touch, y'all. Nice to meet you, Jerry. Nice to meet you. Yeah, we'll, we'll connect later. That's cool. Alrighty, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, you're asking me that question. <laughs> yeah, we're going for you, man. Little, little white boy from Canada. <laughs> well, he was from Milwaukee. The other guy, Chinese guy from Milwaukee. Yeah. I think, I I mean, you know, being in Costa Rica is refreshing, and being from Canada offers a different point of view. And Share that with I, the world, Because, um, you know, New York is a... Uh, you've been in New York. It's kind of intense, sort of, ten times. Yeah, so that's ten, years. Oh, ten, ten years. Ten years I lived in New York. Oh yeah. wow! So you know, what's the difference? What's the what's the energy? <laughs> I lived I lived right up in I lived in uh, for about a year in Brooklyn, and I lived a lot of time up in Harlem. So I was Oof. like right up there. Right. And um, what part of Brooklyn? Uh, near Brooklyn Museum. Okay. Oh, East of Parkway. And when I lived in Harlem, I lived I lived in a few places in Harlem, but one of them was 116th Street and Manhattan Avenue. Okay. So, um, one of my favorite restaurants is that place on 110th Street. Yeah, they serve. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I think it was like something like uh, Mommy's mm -hmm. and Mammy's. Sorry, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, it was one of my favorite restaurants to go to in that area. Mm -hmm. But I think to answer your question that there's a lot of problems because people are constantly telling us what we should think and feel. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we kind of want to align ourselves with different like groups or different ideologies. So we just automatically just start 
saying things which we don't really think about what we're saying. Mm -hmm. And I, I really um, found um, our last guest, uh, um, Jerry's conversation really fascinating and, and some of the things that he was talking about um, uh, with some of the Asian cultures. And it was just really interesting just kind of hearing that perspective, yeah. which is I hadn't heard, I don't hear very many, many Asians people speaking about, but... Exactly, um, they don't talk about their problems. That's, how, that's why it's so hard for us to connect. We don't really get to talk no. about it. I, I liked what he said about, you know, putting the ugly on the table, you know. He kind of was like, I just put it out there. Like, we should put it out there so we can find the middle ground. Out there. If, no, if you don't know the dark side of somebody, you kind of... I'm going to be real. You probably don't trust them as much. You, you know? don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm um, in New York, you know, when we was in Manhattan. It's kind of like everyone's raw in New York, you know. They kind of show you the the ugly quickly. <laughs> well, and also, too, I think that there's not a lot of grace for, you know, we assume that people should know something. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, one of the things about me is like, I never understood, for example, the whole idea of blackface. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until 19, it was until 2017, so 2017, <laughs> and I was watching, I had seen a news report, I think it was 2017 or 18, mm -hmm. and I had seen a news report on Megyn Kelly and how Megyn Kelly was talking about um, that she didn't understand blackface. And then she's like, well, my kids want to go out and wear blackface. They should be able to. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, it was shortly after that that she got canned <laughs> from, from the TV show. But I literally, when I heard that, I had to go on the Internet and go, what is blackface? Because I didn't know. And I'm a 50, well, back then I was a 45-year-old man. I didn't know. And I think that there's so many times that we just assume people should know things mm -hmm. and we just don't and we have to allow some uh room for grace and human compassion and understanding and and, and be open to educating each other and and trust that also people really inherently don't want to hurt other people mm -hmm. i think that part of the problem is that we really believe you know because we turn on you know, Fox News, MSNBC. Yeah, we see the violence. And, yeah. and, and we ought to, and they're constantly saying, like, everybody hates, everybody hates, everybody yeah. hates. But you know what? That's actually not true. When you start traveling around the country and you kind of scratch below the surface, people are actually really kind. You know, and, I'm glad you um, said that. I'm glad you said that. Because yeah. the two, two episodes ago, we went to Manhattan, you know, there's the perception of New York. And we was asking people in New York, like, are you... Do you feel New York is good or bad? And I think everybody. New York was good. Everybody said yeah. New York was good. So there's the perception, like you said, on the media that's a lot darker than what the real world is actually like. That's yeah. why we did the real word. <laughs> why do you think these conversations make people so uncomfortable? Because even Jerry looked uncomfortable and you were surprised that you walked into the, that, that kind of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, are we talking yeah. about this? I'm <laughs> <laughs> to talk about yoga and who knows what else. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> you should have seen the last episode. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm never uncomfortable talking about this, um, mm-hmm. any of this stuff. I have many friends of color, mm-hmm. and whenever I have a question, I always call them and say, hey, I need your perspective, or I need your help in understanding something. And they know that whenever I call them, it's always, my, my guiding principle is always seek first to understand. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I, I I never have problems asking people blunt questions, and um, and yeah, I just I I never have problems with it. I think I think I have a very different perspective because I grew up in Canada, like I said, and um, you know, in Vancouver there was a lot of Asian people, you know, back when I was growing up. Yeah, and, yeah, and in Victoria, although it was a lot of mostly white. Um, there was a lot of people of color as well. When 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 you say people of color, what do you mean? Like black? No, because there's, <laughs> there's different colors. There's black, brown, yellow. I don't know. That's why I gotta ask. You know, <laughs> what color you no, consider no, yourself no. to be? You <laughs> we gotta ask. Like people and Asian people, most primal, primarily. We not a lot of Latino people in. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's too cold. <laughs> it's too cold. <laughs> like no, I'm here. I'm good. Why would I go up north? <laughs> <laughs> like no, thank you. They try to get away from winter. Like. Yeah, well, it's coming. <laughs> well, things have changed back a lot since then. That was back in 1980. Canada has become so multi-racial and multi-cultural. Really? Uh, just in the last 30 years, it's it's mind-blowing wow. to me. It's less than one minute left on the Zoom. I'm going to reset it once yeah, it cuts gonna... off. Just use the same link to come back in. Yeah, we're about to reset sure. If you want to come back in, you might be like, oh, man, that's too much. I just want to ask about the yoga, though, because he said yoga is not stretching. And I'm like, what? Is <laughs> yogi <laughs> your real name? Is yogi your real name? It's Yogi Aaron. Oh, for real? Oh, yogi like the title, almost like sensei. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and a nickname. We'll come back. All right, all right. No, we got to wait till it cuts off because we can't cut cut back too early. We got like 10 seconds, probably. No, it's, oh, okay. It says less than one minute. Oh, there you go. Ugh. So, quick commercial break. Out of the two, which one do you think is telling the truth? <laughs> <laughs> Obvious. The Asian guy was definitely telling the truth. Right. I both of them, actually. I think. But he looks nervous. He, I think because we kind of, you know, we was already warmed up in the conversation. He kind of jumped in halfway. And so what questions should we ask him for part two? Well, I'm definitely asking about the yoga. I'm just doing it for myself. I ain't got to lie. I probably people out there want to know because what are you talking about? Yoga is not stretching and flexibility. I don't know anybody who will say it's not. <laughs> Let's see. More so. Yeah, wait till he comes back. <laughs> and what made him? What made him even get into yoga? I'm, I'm actually sad. You know, Jerry left. I wanted to ask him more questions about. Uh, he was saying the. He didn't really tell us much about the his Asian, company. And yeah, he said the Asian mean. problems with two things. What he said. Um, I guess status. Yeah. And class. Was su- success. He was like, what? Success they and status. I guess, but they both tie in together. And I, I don't know if I'm even mad at him because from the outside looking in, their view of success is kind of great. 
you know, okay. accounting, medicine, engineering. Those are three major fields. STEMs, like, yeah. Yeah. That's what they want for themselves. But he said how, you know, this leading to some depression, I guess, for them. They're not really, people don't want to really do that. Their people don't want to do that, he's saying. What do you mean? He said um, they didn't want to be accountants. and. No, no, he's saying he didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was speaking personal. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't with it. So, yeah. I don't, so maybe he's, he's, he's saying that maybe his parents could probably see him. Mm-hmm. as maybe a failure because of that if if that's not what he does but knowing him he could probably be like the other guy from last time that's gonna act like yeah that's what I'm doing but low key they might be doing something else for real yeah I, I, yeah I don't know you, you'll tell us you, you didn't tell us much about his um, career but nah. we, didn't, we didn't think he was gonna leave so so typical Asian I wanted to ask him about Kanye West <laughs> but then I thought we might get blocked <laughs> talking about this. <laughs> so I started thinking maybe I should just be like, um He sidestepped at the right time it felt like He knew. He said it to me. He was like, I'm gonna leave you with this. <laughs> yep. And that's if this guy even comes back at the second time. Let's see, ladies and gentlemen. Nope. Has not returned as of yet. No. Well, he was nervous. What's a, what do you think is up with these Canada dudes? Because that's mm. that's another time. That's the second time somebody from from Canada pulled up. They all seem happy, super happy. Want the people from Canada? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's one of them happy guys. They're <laughs> not too happy. Suspic- I'm from New York. We get suspicious of stuff like that. Yeah. Character, you know, the behavior is too cheerful. Mm. Even just now, he was talking about. I thought it was his name too, Yogi. <laughs> he was like, he was like, is that your real name, Yogi Aaron? He was like, yeah. I'm like, is Yogi a title? He's like, yeah. So I'm like, that's different. That's not your real name. It's just like saying pasta something, but yeah. it's not saying pasta and it's like Yogi something because I guess they like a. Yoga master. Yoga. Yeah, I didn't know that was a, a deep thing. Mm. I wanted, I did want to ask him about the Kanye thing. I was going to ask the Asian guy if he agree or disagree. That's it. That's why I wanted to lead to the Asian hate. Yeah. Because I wanted to know how he felt. But he was like, you know, in regards to me or what I've seen, I haven't seen that much Asian hate like that. You know? yeah. I'm like, us neither. Not enough for him to pass a federal law. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, bro. Cause y'all got, y'all, I mean... Maybe I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I was like, I was like, I got an agent do right here. I might as well ask him, right? Yeah, and I'm happy you did because I was thinking about it too. I wanted to know what goes on in their mind. Like, yeah. what they see the world as. Yeah, he's like, oh, shoot, it's what the agent shows. Did he quote unquote say that his mom told him to not date a black woman? She would be too much problems? Yeah, and then, and, and then we was like, what did you say? He's like, I said, all right. Like, all right, okay, whatever, mom. It's just, like, you but he sounded like he probably kept true to that. Yeah, he probably was like, you don't think I know this already? But <laughs> well, why is I wanted to ask him about if the um, the wives, but he's at home because I I heard the woman get treated differently. 
in the Asian community. So they like more feminine women, if anything, like like the temperance. <laughs> That's like very delicate. It's like the the more like feminine she is, the more down to earth, the more soft, like. That's more nurturing. It's more nurture. Yeah. That is one thing that um because we lost so many fathers and you know so many leaders and these women are for our women are a lot of them are raising the children by themselves. We have lost you know the balance of nurturing and strength or what I, I would even what is a guy's role protection I'll say mm. nurturing and protection. We lost that balance. So even going to like Domino's, the store, I, I would ask my black women, African women to, especially African American, because mm -hmm. it's an American thing mostly. Mm -hmm. And I would ask them to be more patient, you know, more nurturing, like, you know, delicate. Because mm -hmm. our children are growing up so rough, because the women are so rough with them. You think so? Oh, yes. They are rough. In terms of language, in terms of mental, I'm not sure about physical, but mental, they are definitely rough with them. Mm. And that's something, as as the guy said, you know, there's so much trouble. It's <laughs> not really trouble, it's lack of, you know, patience. <laughs> lack of a lot of things. Yeah. I would say. It's lack of a team. We need to be more of a team, you know. <laughs> He's not coming back. No, I don't think so. <laughs> scared to death, scared to look, they shook. There ain't no such thing as halfway cooked. <laughs> he definitely was happy to bounce out of here. Yeah, we gave him the leeway. Dust, 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 dust. We're like, yeah, man, we just gotta wait. We just gotta wait. And he's like, yep, about. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like these people that's coming from that particular website, they all have like that same kind of like vibration mm. together like that man it's, it's almost like a robot and then when you try to break into their oh. system they're like oh I'm getting it started on the last guy <laughs> that was a very robot behavior <laughs> this is when he we tapped into the matrix yeah I'm you know they all have a feeling about us as well you know we're being african-american so I'm not gonna be I wouldn't even say it's a race thing but it's it's kind of like an obvious thing, you know. But they're coming on our show. Yeah, and they trying to, but they know they didn't think we was gonna ask them tough questions. But what gives them that privilege? Society, society make us all feel like life is, you know, more sensitive than ever. You know, you gotta tiptoe. Or, or set know? up a, a certain way. Yeah, they want us to tiptoe around them. You know, be delicate. My next question would have been his childhood. And I would go into Oh, the yogi guy? Yeah, they don't go into other stuff because. I really wanted to ask about Kanye West, man, because I, I don't want us to get blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Which part are you talking about? Well, the George Floyd part was hurtful because he said how George Floyd was on drugs. He didn't take the drugs in the system. But, they said, but he said that he died because of the drugs, not because of this guy's foot <laughs> on the neck. Like, I think both of them probably killed him. I think it's more so the foot on the neck pushed it there, though. Yeah, like, you need yeah. an action. That was definitely an action. But he was high the whole time, they said. He wasn't going to die from being high. No, no, yeah. no. I'm saying, like, he was so high, like, that's why he was bugging out like that. Oh. That's yeah. what they were saying? Yeah. Well, that's what it was. Like, they found fentanyl in his body. That's right. But 
to say that he died because he was high instead of I mean it's kind of rough it takes two you know <laughs> takes his action and another guy's action make a chemical reaction and boom what about everybody that just stood around and watched it happen and then doing I'm really tired of that <laughs> but that seems to be I think his overall thing is bringing more attention is Black Lives Matter where it's like Black Lives don't really matter to black people because it's black people as many killing black people now. We only see something with someone else that's not black. And you know us. the only reason black lives don't matter to black people is because we don't we don't take pride in it. Yeah. We're not prideful like you know that African heritage and or even because African American is kind of in no man's land. Mm. When you're African, you just African. When you're American, you just American. But when you're African American, you kind of it's, it's like you're a black person in America with no ties to Africa. Yeah. Kind of don't and then even though you're in America, you really don't have origins from America. Good thing so they treat not... you like a stranger. So it's like you have no. That's home. what I wanted to ask um, Jerry. I asked the people, but I asked you, what is it? You know, are we always going to be strangers in this land? Because I wanted to ask him, did he feel? Does he? Does Asian people feel like a stranger in America? I think it. Oh, I think honestly, it boils down to like mindset. Because mm-hmm. I think with the mind, that's where everything else comes from. Because we could, we, we we could keep saying that, oh no, um, it's it's not mindset, it's this, it's that, it's this, mm-hmm. it's that. But just look at it. It's like if we believe that, if we believe that we're slaves mentally, we're we're <laughs> always gonna be slaves, and we're gonna act like it. Yeah, and even if. The oppressor's not treating us like so. We're gonna, <laughs> we're we're gonna, gonna move like we're it. gonna put ourselves in positions to be slaves. It's almost like when you go around like, damn, I don't want to put it. Okay, it's like in church, right? In mm-hmm. church, there's certain classes based on your position of the family you're from, and depending on what the opposing person is from, they'll treat you according to your status or your position. And it's almost like people are humbling themselves in front of you. Because of your status. Yeah. Because of your family. Yeah. Wherever the status comes from. It's almost like back in the days when you had kings and queens and the peasants. Somebody gets treated royal. Somebody gets treated... Yeah. But that's the thing. Because so then how do we... How do we get out of that? I was... um, There's an African king... I can't believe I forgot his name. I was watching it this weekend, and um, he was a slave, and the only he kind of you know ran away, mm-hmm. and then he made himself a king. But by it wasn't by moving into another land. It was about kind of finding land and creating his own group of people. Mm-hmm. That and they made him you know in a sense of they said you know we have to have a monarchy here. Mm-hmm. We have to create a system. I honestly, I wanted to know, like, in sense of, in America, what Kanye was saying, um, we're not going to go into details of it, but the feeling that I agreed with was, it kind of feels like we're playing in somebody else's turf. We kind of are. That's why... How can we win? <laughs> that's what it is. You can't. Because it's almost like he's... It's like what he said. I, I damn near proved it by them just showing me what they could take it down yeah they could take it down because he basically was like yo this is not for us this is for them Mm -hmm. you know they own the media social media facebook Mm -hmm. instagrams and all all the stuff that we on we look look, we on instagram soundcloud pandora spotify 
We don't own none of that. That's why. I, that's why I'm like, don't you know? We're not getting too far into it. Yeah, you know, don't shut <laughs> don't you take down. Us down. <laughs> and it just happened to be that the people that own it just happened to be part of a certain same group, you yeah. know, more or less. So you coincidence. Know, I mean, hey, <laughs> you know, power. You know, power is the ability to make someone act in a desired way. If you don't, if you're not acting the way I desire you. You behaved, and I'm going to take that away from you. And then I'm also going to show my power by showing the other people this is what happens when you don't fall in line. And that kind of increases his power at the same time because now the other people are going to, you know, start praising that power because they're going to be like, yo, we better not mess with him. <laughs> and that's, that's life right there. That's why I'm like, honestly, how can you not feel like a stranger in America? But look at the opposing fucking. Look at the ops on 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 the on the other end of media. You know, it's media against people like Donald Trump, Kanye. You know, we could say Candace Owens, maybe Tommy Lauren, mm-hmm. and a few, maybe a few other people that and, the uh, media try to cancel. Like you know, they try to not, cancel. Not get giving rid them enough airtime. Bootsy, you know, those people were like, all right, we're gonna take their Instagram so they can't just talk to people right away. Can't post what they want. Take yeah. away their Facebook. Slow them down. In yeah. Sense. Take away their Twitter. Now, how can you speak to your millions of fans? You know, you like, like Boosie was like, he had four million fans when they took away his page. So that's four million people he he could have talked to in a regular minute. Like, hey, this is how I feel. Now, good luck speaking to four million people. Now you got to go on different independent platforms and speak. And, and it's gonna sl- it's gonna be t- it's gonna slow you down. It's gonna be difficult. Yeah. And it's gonna limit your reach. Yeah, ultimately. Make you feel short. But if you're big enough, other people will speak on it for you. Mm. Like Kanye West. Powerful stuff. Even though they took down his Instagram since last week, he's still going viral. (laughs) They took his Instagram. They're taking down his videos. They're trying to make him disappear. Lord, wow. Yeah, they're trying to shut him up. Wow. But like he said, that's showing how powerful he really is. Because if no one took him serious, they would just ignore him. Yeah, they would have laughed it off, you know. And you know, one of the funniest shows, South Park. Hmm. They, they're, they're based, they're part of the same group. Hmm. <laughs> and, and mind you, that is one show that talks about anybody, however they want. Hmm. And if I'm right, The Simpsons also. Same group. Mm. And these are 20 years, 20 seasons in. Longer than that. Mm. And these shows get to portray people, they portray Kanye. Mm-hmm. In fact, out of all the social marvels they but had. That's the reverse, you know? Because mm. remember, he mentioned it. The second guy, Yogi, mm. when he spoke about, oh, I have friends of color. And then I said, what do you mean color? Because you keep saying color. What yeah. color are they? I thought it was black <laughs> I wanted, yeah, he said something but, different right? but that's giving him the easy out mm-hmm. so then that's when I said what you mean yellow black brown yeah. like which ones he's like yeah you know there's, there's, there's not a lot of Hispanic people up here I said yeah it's too yeah, cold he's, yeah he said some Asians yeah then you start to understand the codes mm-hmm. he didn't want to be clear that's why we knew he wasn't coming back it, it got too real you had me when you asked him like why people are uncomfortable pretty much asking him why are you uncomfortable like 
He was he was like, I'm not uncomfortable, man. I, I have plenty of colored friends. Like, I have friends of color. Like he's like, well, what, bro? Like, what we in the 1950s? <laughs> people of color. Too many episodes, <laughs> and I can tell you when people say that, it is usually they're uncomfortable. Like they are not used to talking to people of our color because there's a there's a swagger about it that you got. You don't have to say I talk to people of color when you talk to people of color. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will, you will, you will, you'll say, yeah, I mess with everybody. Yeah, I just, I talk. Like, yeah, I'm, like, yeah, I'm cool with I don't everybody. care. A good response is usually that I don't care what color they are. Like, yeah. But to say I talk to people of color, you are making it seem like there's a different type of people you talk to. Mm. <laughs> That's more dangerous, you say. Yeah, you snitch on yourself in a sense of now it's like, mm, you have a judgment now. Mm. You, but the guy kind of said, the first guy, Jerry, he said everyone has a judgment. That's, that's the yeah. place like I'm putting it all on tables. I'm, yeah, I'm a, I, I think negative, negative thoughts of people. Yeah, he said some cultures I, I have a dark thought of because of my past. He's like, I... Pretty much got a what is it he said an opinion about them already. Yeah, <laughs> based on what he saw, based on what people I said. I wanted to ask him his opinion on us. I mean, his mother already said that when black guys. Imagine she said about black guys. Oh gosh, she probably said we was trouble too. Yeah. And I watched a YouTube video. They said um in China a lot of black people um think no a lot of Asian people think black people are rappers. Yeah. That's all they think about us. Or basketball players. Yeah, they don't think of us as engineers. They don't think of us as nurses, doctors, not just rappers. Yeah, they discriminate. Yeah. Well, a lot of black people, unfortunately, that's all they want to do is rap. It's like a lot of these niggas, like, they shouldn't be rapping. They should go and, you know. The only one I was even, the only type of rapping I even want to approve now is like that type of wisdom rap. Like lessons. Yeah, but not a lot of people want to hear that. That's true. That's why they say it's not the the popping rap, you know, conscious. <laughs> My mama Jay Z said I wanna I want to rap like common sense, then I made five mil I haven't been rapping like <laughs> common sense. When your sense got that much in common and you've been hustling so, since your perception is F what the perception is. Uh, go with what makes sense. Go yeah. with what makes money. Uh, and not said my crude sense of knowledge couldn't allude to my empty wallet. <laughs> my, <laughs> my crude sense it. of knowledge couldn't allude to my empty wallets. Yeah, you gotta dumb it down because yeah. being too smart, and music at least, doesn't yeah. pay the bills. <laughs> Talking smart in records does not pay the bills in no. music, which is weird. <laughs> which is weird. Music. Music is powerful. You need doctors and, and people like that and nurses. There's there's a nurse shortage right now. Remember that nurse During wasn't a doctor? Pandemic. Yeah, but even now, it was recently mm-hmm. a nurse in another state. It was There was basically no nurses. Like She was in the hospital and had to call 911 for help at the hospital. Wow. Yes, it got that bad. In the hospital? Yes, wow. a nurse in the hospital called 911. <laughs> Cause they didn't, they couldn't help her in that nope, hospital. They got wow. too critical. She was like, "I need backup." Send Damn, that's wow. She's like, "Send the chopper." <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the roof. <laughs> we have to hurry. It's just like when New York, when we had the COVID, they brought in that big boat with all the medical stuff on a big oh, medical oh, boat. 
Pretty much their Johnsons and Johnsons. Yeah. No one, <laughs> and no one used it. <laughs> it was like, why is this big boat here? No one is using it. Y'all wasting it. It could go just, somewhere else. That's interesting, man. They should send that boat over there. And then sell those people out. Because during the pandemic, we did need nurses, too. Thanks. So, closing thought on this episode. This was an interesting one. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Oh man, I mean, the way they dipped out of here. <laughs> this, I gotta say, it's the first time they, or with me on the episode, it's the first time I've seen people dip out that fast. Wow. Normally they stay till the end. I'm usually saying we need to cut them off. <laughs> yes, yeah, facts, you right. <laughs> but they left this time on. Closing thoughts would be we gotta um, take pride in our culture like how the Asians do and how the Jews do and how the Americans do and so forth. Just take pride in your culture, whatever it may be. Mm. That's all I gotta say. If you're African American, I take it from me, I think it's kinda rough what side to take pride in, but whatever side you choose, take pride in it. If you're not even choosing sides, if you're choosing both, take pride in both of them. I feel like pride is something we need to have in order to get by in this world, you know. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Overall, I think this was an interesting episode. Like I said, it's not it's not every day where you get an Asian, a white, <laughs> male who's part of the LGBTQ community and two black men in the conversation at the same time. <laughs> so... <laughs> so you know it was a very interesting conversation and you know it was a it was it was an interesting time so we thank all of you for watching we thank you for joining us shout out to everybody who's been watching shout out to everybody who's been supporting you can follow us on instagram at the real world ministries inc on instagram oh, at the real world really ministries good. inc <laughs> on instagram you can also subscribe to our youtube at www.youtube.com backslash the real world tv the real world tv on youtube Check us out on the Brick Network every Tuesday and Thursday. And hey, don't forget at to 12, tell me, Drive. It's a real world.